Blue Wire. Osweiler in trouble. Osweiler brought down Khalil Mack. Oh, here comes Bullshit. Whistle without a helmet. J.J. Watt will always put his fingerprints on a game. Steps up, and he's going to be hit from the side, and he's going down. That's a sack. Darius Leonard, the maniac. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Trench Warfare Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Thorne. And this week, we're going to start off with some film study notes of mine from week 15 of the NFL. And then we're going to continue on the college theme a little bit this week after last week having on Oregon offensive line coach Alex Maribal. This week, I'm actually going to the player side. I was fortunate enough to have both of the starting tackles for Alabama join me. Um, we recorded separately, so first is going to be Jedrick Wills, and then I'm going to talk to Alex Leatherwood. So those interviews went great. It was really cool to talk to some up-and-coming guys that are likely going to be in the NFL soon. Uh, we, we don't know. They're both juniors at this point, but um, whether they want to declare or stay is is unknown, but it's it's pretty safe to say they're going to be in the NFL. These guys are really good players, really good prospects. Um, and it was it was really a, a cool experience to get to talk to sort of that new wave of player at the offensive line position and to pick their brain a little bit. Um, they're really impressive. So that'll be after some film study notes. So, you know, I, I've gone over most of the games so far from week 15, and I really just wanted to talk about a couple of the most impressive performances that I saw. First, I want to talk about the Dallas Cowboys and their game against the Los Angeles Rams which they really dominated up front. They put on a run-blocking clinic, and I highlighted six plays on my Twitter account in a thread that I did. And really, I mean, the point that I was trying to get across there really stems from the fact of the matter of how, how many schemes that the Cowboys throw at an opponent on a given week, how many blocking concepts, rather. And in this game, there was at least seven or eight I highlighted just six, and it started with duo, which is basically power without a puller, and just the double teams that the offensive line were executing on the field were incredible. Granted, the Rams' defensive line, this is something I didn't put in the thread, but just to say up front, when you really study their personnel, I mean, obviously Aaron Donald's the best in the league at his position. Michael Brockers is a very good run defender who primarily plays like that five technique, four eye position or alignment. But aside from them, it's it's a pretty steep drop off in the other guys that are playing there. Um, and they saw a lot of playing time in this game. Um, guys like Gaines and Hill um, and then number 69. Uh, I don't know his name off the top of my head, but they just they got pushed around, and when you face an elite offensive line like this, a unit that I think is top three in the league, and you throw out personnel that are marginal to adequate type of starters, you're this is kind of what you're going to get, um, and, and, and they're extremely difficult to defend against because of what I alluded to just a minute ago in the fact that they can really run any sort of blocking concept that there is, and they do it almost from a play-to-play basis. They started off their first run of the game was that duo. Uh, I believe it gained four or five yards, but just the double teams were outstanding. And then I highlighted a tackle trap where they pulled Dale Collins across the formation and blocked down on the front side 
again, really good double teams that, that gained seven or eight yards. Um, and then, you know, Xavier Ciofilo at left guard. I mean, this is a big, powerful dude who adds a different element to the game than Connor Williams, who he replaced, who was injured. Um, and, you know, the, the next play was a really impressive job by him creating movement on the nose tackle on a double team that created a huge alley uh, for Zeke to run up into, um, a gain of another five or six yards. And it really just on down the line, uh, inside zone, outside zone, pin pull. These are all schemes that they throw at, at opponents on any given week. And it makes it really difficult to prepare for because you don't really know what leverage to play all the time. And, you know, they really attack you from different angles and they do a really nice job of that. Their tight ends blocked very well in this game. They went 12 personnel 18 times uh, in terms of run rushing attempts. And again, they had 45 total rush attempts. 18 of them were from 12 personnel. And on those 18 runs, they averaged 7 yards per carry with a touchdown. Uh, so the tight ends did really well in that game for them. Witten is still... I mean, he's been a good blocker for a long time, and he had some really nice blocks in this game, at least four or five high-level blocks, um, as well as Blake Jarwin, um, who has improved uh, a great deal this year from last year in that area of his game. Um, but Travis Frederick, I mean, sort of a vintage performance by him in, in terms of what he was able to do specifically in the zone game, uh, reaching nose tackles and hooking them. Uh, it really kind of was, it looked like the Travis Frederick of old, which was great to see. And Neil Collins, I mean, just an absolute people mover in the run game. Uh, and he's been like that all season. And really, that's kind of his calling card, you know, since LSU. Um, and that's really what he kind of leaned on in this game. Um, but, I mean, they finished with 45 carries for 263 yards and three touchdowns. So they really dominated on the ground in this game. And they did so from, you know, a variety of formations and blocking concepts. So... You know, if they play like that, they're going to be very hard to beat because they can really control the game. Um, so that that was really cool to see the Cowboys sort of lean on them and just for them to really just, you know, control it on the ground like that was, you know, it, that can go a long way to getting a team sort of back on track after they've been, you know, pretty up and down this season. Uh, but they're still, I think, you know, one of the two or three best offenses overall in the league. Um, so that was encouraging if you're a Cowboys fan and just a lot of fun to watch as a football fan. Uh, and then on the defensive side, just a player I wanted to talk about, and that's Grady Jarrett, who I think should be first-team All-Pro with with Aaron Donald this year. Grady Jarrett has been absolutely incredible. He's a game wrecker, war daddy. All those things are applicable to his game this season, and what he did in Week 15 against the 49ers was borderline criminal. I mean, Western Richburg is out for the year, so they had a backup center, Ben Garland, former teammate of Grady. Uh, and then, you know, their guards, Mike Person and uh, Lakin Tomlinson, a pretty below average interior there uh, overall, just on, you know, on the scale of NFL interior offensive lines, maybe average at best. And when you're going against a guy like Grady, I mean, that's just not going to really cut it. And uh, Grady was an absolute menace in that game, just getting constant penetration. Uh, you know, he got a sack. Um, a lot of pressures. I, I believe his sack, actually, the, the first clip in the highlight that I posted, it got called back on a bogus, uh, unnecessary roughness call on him, uh, roughing the passer. I mean, he went low, but that's all he could have really done at that point. Um, you know, and it wasn't it wasn't egregious at all. It's just, you know, the, the way that, you know, the, the refs in the game is right now in terms of overprotecting quarterbacks. I mean, it makes it difficult sometimes to even touch them. 
but that, you know everything that Grady did leading up to that point was just ridiculous. The way he was able to turn the corner and bend around there around Lake and Tomlinson was unbelievable. Um, but he's he's a well-rounded guy against the run as well. He's uh, he's just so much fun to watch. And I think that the thing that really makes him so special is his his motor is like a guy who's playing for his job every rep. I mean, this guy is chasing down plays from the backside constantly. There's a play that I have in the compilation that I posted on my account that's like the fifth or sixth play in where he gets down block from the guard and just hump moves it, you know, sheds him, then gets another down block from Staley, the left tackle, kind of another hump move, sheds it, and gets around and still knocks the quarterback off his spot um, just with the pressure he was able to create. And then there was another time where he gets down blocked, put on the ground, but just kind of, you know, drops to a knee and gets up and chases down the run on the opposite side of where, you know, he got blocked from. I mean, just stuff like that. I mean, you don't see a lot of elite level defensive tackles that are chasing plays down with the level of effort and range that Grady Jarrett does. So he's just a special player. I've thought that he's been elite since at least the 2017 season. Um, I, I did a, a big thing for Bleacher Report that season. I was a part of the NFL 100 project, which you know basically one person was assigned to every position, and they watched every snap of every guy at that position. And I had defensive tackle that year. And I had Grady Jarrett as the number four overall defensive tackle in 2017. So I thought that he was outstanding then, but he's progressively got even better each season since. And this year is sort of the apex I think of his career so far um, and you know he just signed a extension earlier this season and um, man I mean he's a fifth round pick so you can't really overstate how special Grady Jarrett is I don't think and uh, hopefully he gets rewarded with the first team all pro even though he plays for a team that's not going to be in the playoffs um, you know if you just want to judge purely the best players in the league regardless of team outcome uh, I think you have to include Grady as one of the two or three best defensive tackles in 2019. So, um, yeah, that was a really special game from him, special season. But, uh, you know, I, w- without further ado, I just want to go straight on into these interviews so you guys can hear Alex Leatherwood and Jedrick Wills Jr. All right, everybody, I'm here with Alabama left tackle. Alex Leatherwood. He's a true junior this year, and he's had a really good season for the Crimson Tide. Um, you know, Leatherwood is a guy that I've been watching for a couple of years now. Uh, he, he first kind of, you know, got some playing time as a true freshman at left tackle, appeared in seven games, including replacing Jonah Williams in the national championship. Uh, so he, he was a part of that national championship winning team as a freshman and then moved to right guard as a sophomore had 15 starts as All-SEC, second team by the coaches, and then as a junior this season, has 12 starts, All-SEC first team back at left tackle. Um, So, Alex, uh, I appreciate you coming on, and how are you doing? What's up, man? I'm good, and it's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, it's it's a pleasure to have you here. and uh, You know, I've had a lot of fun paying attention and watching your career so far, and I'm sure you're going to have a long career moving forward. Uh, you know, I just wanted to talk a little bit about how you got to Bama. I know you were a very highly touted recruit coming out of Booker T. Washington. Uh, I played high school football in Florida uh, as well, uh, so I was pr- I'm pretty familiar 
with Booker T. Washington and just kind of the history there. What was it like playing there and just uh, sort of your experience? Um, high school was pretty fun. I mean, I started off playing football in high school. And as a, um, a freshman, I was um, and I saw a linebacker, actually, on my first year. But um, my freshman year, the entire um, offensive line, they were all seniors. So they all graduated, and, and they had a lot of spots to fill in. And that's where I moved to O-line. Nice. So you were probably one of the biggest kids on the team? <laughs> yeah, I was, of course. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. And right now you're you know, listed 6'6", 3'10". Um, but coming out of high school, you, you know, were a five-star recruit. You kind of had your, your pick of the litter, so to speak, for, you know, co- colleges across the country, and you went to Bama. Um, you know, and I've seen that you've talked about, you know, just their track record of sending players to the league, facilities, things like that. But what's it like playing so far for Coach Saban uh, during your time there? I mean, um, it's been great, just the things that he tried to uh, teach us as a uh, football players and young men. Um, right. That kind of stuff has been uh, very valuable and like that. And I mean, it's just a, just a great team chemistry. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. a lot of people, a lot of people may think that we don't have fun here at Bama, but we have a lot of fun. And that's, and that's the thing I love about it the most. Yeah. I saw that special, I think it was on Amazon where, was it all or nothing maybe where they kind of followed, you know, coach Saban and, you know, kind of got behind the scenes of, I think the athletic did something about him too, where it, you know, kind of went to his lake house and how he invites you guys there. And, you know, that kind of stuff, that, that stuff, I'm sure builds a lot of camaraderie. It looks, it looks like you guys have a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Yeah, for sure. And, um, so, you know, this season for you was, you know, a really good year coming off a year where you played right guard the previous season. Um, was that the first time that you played guard and what was the transition like back to left tackle? I, I would imagine you're, you're happy to be there again. Yeah. That was my first time ever in my career playing guard. And it was like two weeks before the first game. It was like, <laughs> wow. but, you know, we, um, uh, we need some help on you know, the interior to uh to like to get the integrity of the pocket and, and pass protection right. So they're gonna try you out of guard, and I was like, and I was down for it, you know what I mean? Because I was willing to um make that sacrifice for like you know head of the team, and I know that it was only gonna help me and my and, you know my process of trying to go to the league, bringing more value to myself. Right. Yeah, just having that versatility now in your back pocket, knowing that you have played guard, I'm sure is is really valuable for you. Um, Yeah. Especially on the right side. I mean, I would imagine that not only did you go inside, but you switched sides as well. So I'm sure that that was, you know, maybe it – how long do you think that took you before you felt comfortable? I mean, it probably took me about um, four or five games into the season, but then after that, I pretty much got the hang of it, and it was pretty fun, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I mean, you had 15 starts, and like I said, all SEC by the coaches, so second team, that that's impressive considering the circumstances, and, uh, you know, it speaks highly of just, you know, kind of the sort of teammate you are, so that's, that's really cool to have there just as a part of your career, um, and, you know, I wanted to ask you more of a specific question about, 
what your favorite play was. So, you know, you're in the huddle and the play comes in. What What is that play for you? Like what, and, and just sort of break it down for me. Like what would the formation be? What's the, what's the blocking concept? And, you know, what front would you want to see in that, for that play? Um, my favorite play is probably um, um, what we call here is hat. It's what we call it here. And it's basically um, an inside zone play with an um, insert with the tight end on the backside, the backside linebacker. So the front side is just normal um, inside zone blocking, and the backside is man. And um, the tight end, he enters from the backside, from the backfield for the backside linebacker. And I mean, it pretty, and I mean, it works pretty well for us. And um, it's a game. I mean, a play that uh, usually works the best against um, mid defenses, things like that. Nice, yeah, yeah. Inside zone. I mean, you guys, Bama has made, made or had a lot of success with inside zone over the years. That's for sure. You guys, uh, you know, just just watching you guys. I mean, that's kind of one of your bread and butter plays. I think so. That's that's pretty cool. And, um, I did want to just ask you a little bit about so the offensive line coach situation. How you you guys got in, you know, Coach Flood, and you had Coach Key. I had Coach Key on the podcast. Uh, you know, I think it was several months ago now, um, right as he got the job there at Georgia Tech. But you know, what was that transition like for you? And uh, did did you you know learn anything new from Coach Flood? that you kind of added to your game, you know, that was a little different from Coach Key? Um, no, not necessarily. And and I say that because they're both, like, great coaches. I yeah. mean, um, Coach Key, he's uh, a great guy. He Like, he knows how to uh, connect with his players um, mm-hmm. individually pretty well and things like that. And, I mean, he's played a lot of football, and, he, and he's coached for a long time, so he knows what he's talking about. And that's the same thing with Coach Flood. I mean, he's um, in the uh, eating rooms and things like that. He's the same person every single day. He's, like, super consistent. And um, he coaches and demands us to be the best that we can be. And we just prepare and perform. But um, he obviously also has a lot of uh, coaching experience and and things like that. He's been a head coach. He's worked at the Falcons and uh, other places. And he's just a really smart dude. Yeah, for sure. You guys, you guys have great coaches there pretty much every year, and I know offensive line is sort of the lifeblood of a football team a lot in a lot of schools, and I think Bama's at the top of that list for sure with places like you know Notre Dame, Wisconsin, places like that. So it's pretty cool that you got to be a part of that culture there. Um, and and who do you think is the strongest guy on the team? You know, in your opinion, uh, without a doubt, Deontay Brown. Deontay Brown, yeah, yeah, that's a big dude. So, like, what are what are some of his numbers? Like, do you do you know? You know, is it kind of like posted somewhere? Like, you know, stuff that he does. You know, as far as bench squat things like that. I know for bench, he um, like we can't go over five hundred pounds. Like, once you hit that mark, it's just like reps. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, so I think this summer he hit 500 pounds like three, like three or four times, if I'm not mistaken. And in squat, I think he squats like close to 700 pounds. Holy crap! And he's like yeah, 340 he's, or something. He's isn't a he? man. What's that? I said, yeah, he's a powerful man. 
Yeah, for sure. And and what what did you bench and squat your last time recording it? I think um, this summer, I think I benched uh, 435, and I think I squatted uh, maybe 550. I think that's what it was, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that's that's awesome. And and what is Coach or you know Coach Cochran like? I mean, I you know we see him, his voice and things like that that stand out. I mean, like what has that experience been like for you, just you know in the weight room with him? I mean, Coach Cochran, he's great, man. He's like the head coach behind the scenes. I mean, he has like a, a great relationship with all the players. He uh, connects with us, connects with us well. He uh, talks to us a lot, and he's a um, Hell of a strength coach, you know what I mean? And, and that goes without saying, but he's a great dude, man. I love him. Yeah, for sure. And, and and the last question is, what has been the toughest matchup of your career so far? What what player and, and what made it, you know, tough for you? Um, It would probably be between um, Jeffrey Simmons and um, Jeffrey Simmons and Christian Wilkins. And I mean, like these two players were like, are like completely different. But what made them so good was Jeffrey uh, Simmons. I mean, he was like big, long, and he had like a really high motor. You know what I mean? And he had a lot of like pass rush moves and things like that. And he was strong. And what made Christian uh, so good and hard to deal with? I mean, he played with great pad level, and I feel like uh, that's what like made it a tough game for me against him. You know what I mean? So it was it was fun competing against the both of those guys. Yeah, so two interior guys, uh, both you know first round picks, um, you know, and so so it sounds like you know just you've you probably had a little bit more, I don't want to say trouble, but just b- bigger challenges on the inside than on the outside in your career. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense, especially because it was your first time playing. But um, yeah, Alex, I, I appreciate you taking the time to do this, man, and uh, just good luck in your next game and. And just whatever decision you make, uh, best of luck. And, you know, I'm excited to, to watch you moving forward. No problem. Appreciate it, man. All right, everybody. I'm here with Alabama right tackle Jedrick Wills Jr. He's a true junior for the Crimson Tide, and he's had a, a really good season for them, as the whole offensive line has. They're a finalist for the Joe Moore Award, and uh, Wills is a, a special player. He's a lot of fun to watch on tape, and fortunate enough to have him here with me. So, Jedrick, what's up, man? How you doing today? I'm doing good. Thank you for having me. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, it's really cool to get to talk to, you know, kind of the next wave of players that you know, presumably you're going to be in the NFL at some point soon. Um, and, you know, you're definitely one of those guys that's one of the top guys in the country. Uh, a lot of fun to watch. You know, I think when I watch you on tape, uh, and I've, I've watched a couple of games the last few days, I think the thing that stands out to me the most is you can really see how much you love playing the game when you're watching you on film, uh, the excitement that you have when you make a big block or your team makes a big play. Uh, you know, I think that that's one of the coolest things and it just kind of speaks to, I think, how much you probably love the game. But where does that come from? And can you talk a little bit about that? Right. Um, I mean, first of all, I feel like that is kind of some, some passion of the you know, you're not going to be able to, to stick around too long. So, I mean, it really just, really just comes from the love of the game. And, um, 
playing since like I was probably seven or eight years old. And just, just love There's nothing else I'd rather be doing. So when something like that happens, it's just exciting for me and, and get the team going, like you said. So it's just, just kind of comes from within. That's what you have to have to play. Yeah, for sure. And you could definitely see it, you know, in, in your game. And I mean, you know, I kind of wanted to go back a little bit uh, to your, your high school days. I mean, you were the top ranked player coming out of the state of Kentucky. Uh, for, for, by pretty much everybody, and you chose Bama. I just wanted to kind of get your words on what what led you to Bama. I mean, aside from, you know, the, I, I know they're obviously, you know, maybe the best program in the country, but what specifically for you, you know, drew you to Alabama? Well, it was a, it was a long, long process for sure. Um, Especially when you have some options around the country to go to. Mm-hmm. But I think today what really attracted me to Alabama was the opportunity that I had. Uh, one, the lifetime opportunity, something that you don't get to have every day. And for me to go there and know that I'm able to join the tradition that, that's so so powerful like Alabama, it was just something that I couldn't pass up. I feel like I was going to go there and be the best player I could be, get developed by Coach Saban and his staff. So that's what led me to come to that decision that I, that I made. Yeah, yeah, that, that's definitely, you know, uh, definitely understandable. I mean, I think if I, if I was uh, – a really good player coming out. I don't think there would be a place I'd rather go and a coach I'd rather play for than Coach Saban. So I definitely get that. And, you know, for offensive line plays specifically, I mean, you know, they've won the Joel Moore Award in the past and they're up for it again. So, I mean, pretty consistently, I think Alabama has a really good offensive line. And you got to play right away as a freshman and now you're a true junior. You're coming off 27 consecutive starts, I believe. And you had a really good year. I mean, all SEC first team. Uh, by the AP and the coaches, um, you know, and it was just really impressive just reading some of the stuff that you accomplished this season as an individual, uh, you know, allowed one sack, uh, missed just seven assignments and it's 714 snaps. So played a really clean, you know, game all around, didn't, you know, just really technically sound. And I think when I watch you, I mean, obviously your size stands out. I mean, your power, I, I posted a clip of you last year as a sophomore, uh, I forgot who it was against because I haven't seen it in a while, but it was near the red zone. I think you saw it when, I mean, you took a guy for a ride and put him on his back. I mean, it was one of the most incredible plays I've seen. And then this year playing alongside Deontay Brown, I mean, you two alongside each other are an intimidating duo. Um, how fun has it been for you to play this season alongside him? Uh, it's been amazing. You know, it's kind of Put in the work in the offseason to be better than I was last year and improve my grades, improve my assignments, make sure I know the offense in and out more than I did last year so I can kind of tell a different level. But um, this, this season's been great. Uh, it's been a good ride, like you said. It was fun. And playing Deontay Brown definitely helped the whole bunch. I mean, he's an aggressive, uh, strong, powerful, quick. He's right on the seat. And he has the size, like, like you said. He's 6'4", 6'5", well over 360. But he can still move like he's doing the pounds, and um, that helps me a whole lot too, having that guy next to you. My double teams are wonderful. Uh, Pass pro is very smooth. And uh, like you said, uh, those couple of assignments that we missed was definitely a big achievement, but the goal is to keep it down to zero, so just kind of keep improving and see what we can do from there. So, yeah, your pass set, that's one thing that really stands out for being as big as you are, really is smooth. Um, You know, really no wasted movement or, or false steps or anything like that. Um, and it looks like you're really comfortable out there on an island. I mean, can you just talk a little bit about how you, th- you know, about your pass set and how you think you're able to to be so comfortable out there? Is part of it because of, 
you know, your confidence and your strength that you can get out there on an island and you're not really afraid of anybody, you know, bull rushing you or anything like that? Well, I definitely in the RCB working my past a whole lot because I feel like running back it comes natural. Um, it definitely, it definitely not as not as hard as pass pro is, especially when you're on the edge and you're going against lighter guys that have a whole bunch of more tools in their arsenal. Mm-hmm. And it was something that I just kind of put my focus into this screen and kind of looked like I was sharpening that up because it wasn't the smoothest last year. So once that once that kind of happened, I just kind of figured out what kind of things I could add to my my arsenal to go against these type of pass rushes that I was going to face in the SEC. Um, just really trying to stay right on my feet, uh, try to try to catch up on some film and see what type of moves a guy like to do so I could anticipate and then react. And um, just kind of just kind of coming from a team where I know that I have to protect two of his back blind side, and I kind of take some pride in that, even though people don't pay attention to him because like, I'm, I'm on his back side, and if he gets hit, that's going to be on me, and that'd be a big problem for our team. Right. Just kind of protecting and protecting like they do a guy. Yeah, that's pretty cool that you mentioned the blind side thing because really, you know, we obviously don't see a lot of left-handed quarterbacks right now, or really in general. So that's that is pretty cool that you're you've been a blind side protector as a right tackle. I think that's you know kind of underrated for sure. And, um, I mean, you you know you play like I said on a, a renowned offensive line with a lot of talent. I mean, that left tackle, you know, Alex Leatherwood, and then last year Jonah. Um, did, have you picked up things from their games? And, you know, I'm sure you guys have talked a lot. Is, is that sort of an ongoing relationship when you guys were, you know, last year with Jonah and this year with Alex? Do you guys kind of bounce ideas off each other? And if so, like, how do you guys help each other? Well, yeah, it's been, you know, it's been good friends and um, been close in high school. We uh, came out of the same class, you know, was in, came to school together, uh, been roommates, things like that, played with each other all last season. So we kind of have that like um, that brother relationship, and just keep each other pushing in the game, keep each other going, and feed off each other's energy. Um, but the better he plays, the better I play. The better I play, the better he plays. So it just kind of goes back and forth, but we just bounce the energy back and forth, knowing that we're two of the team leaders, and we just gotta do what we gotta do. Right, and I mean, as far as NFL guys, do you? I mean, I, I know that. Maybe on Twitter, you know, there's a lot of you know, posting on NFL offensive linemen that I do and other guys do. But do you, you know, watch NFL guys and try to kind of pick things up from them at all? I pay a whole lot of attention to like Lane Johnson and Lyle Collins. Those are two most dominant right tackles in the league right now, in my opinion. You know, they're just kind of try to watch them and see what kind of things they do. I like watching that move, like you said, they're like big guys, it's not, it's not natural for, for big guys to move like that. But I just kind of watch them and see like what type of pass, what type of pass does it take against a type of speed rusher or, or against like a bigger, powerful rusher or um, how they move in the run game. Like even here out of them, we have certain targets and things that have to hit the run game. We just kind of try to see if they have the same type of, same type of schemes, same type of uh, targets and things like that that they do. And just, uh, I just like watching their passion too. I mean, they're at the highest level of football, and uh, they just play with the same kind of passion. Yeah, I think Lyle Collins uh, specifically is a really good comp for you in, in a lot of ways. You know, he, he played guard in the past and then moved out to right tackle um, and just kind of similar body types, you know, so I think that's that's definitely a, a good guy to watch. And then Lane, of course, is, you know, great. Um, so, yeah, that's that's awesome, man. I, I, you know, I don't want to keep you too much longer. I just kind of wanted to 
you know, let you talk a little bit about, you know, yourself, because I know <clears throat> offensive linemen don't really like to do that, but a lot of people want to want to hear about you and kind of, you know, your mindset with things. So I appreciate you coming on and uh, best of luck in this in this uh, bowl game. And, you know, I'm sure we'll talk again. Yes, sir, no problem. I appreciate you too. Thank you.